In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Long ago, in an age shrouded by both the fog of time and the memories of now dead men, there was a boy who lived in a small hamlet. His father had been the local blacksmith and had been well known in the area. He repaired wagon wheels, constructed tools and weapons, and even fabricated horseshoes for the rich and more noble people of the region. One day, while he was shoeing a horse, the horse lurched up and kicked the blacksmith, killing him instantly. The boy was too young to work, and his mother was too old to take up a craft that she could sell. One day, as he sat by the road that led into the hamlet, the boy met a band of travelers who stopped and asked him why he was sitting there on a fine summer's day. He explained his plight to the men, who asked him to direct them to the nearest tavern and pub in town and to join them while they ate. Not long after they had settled into their rooms, they came back downstairs each ordering a pint of ale to drink and roasted mutton to eat. Joining the lad, the leader of the band of travelers ordered him some mutton as well and made sure he had a full meal and a pitcher of water to drink. As they ate, more to themselves than to the boy, they recounted stories from the journey they had been on and in many ways was continuing. They talked of castles and princesses. They spoke of deep, dark forests and lakes so wide you could not see to the other side. Monsters and wizards, goblins and elves, they had seen and had encounters with all of them. The more they talked, the more the boy ate, the more he was spellbound by their tales and wondered if there was yet greater things that they had seen. The afternoon turned to evening, and it was time for the boy to begin to head home to his mother. He was wondering what he would tell her about his day, how, instead of finding a job, even a day job to buy bread for the evening gruel, how he was going to tell her about the travelers and the meal that he had shared with them. When he heard the village bell toll the Angelus, he began to make his thanks for the meal, tell how he enjoyed the story of their sojourn, and offered to help them pack their horses in the morning, hoping to earn a few coins. The leader of the band pulled him aside and offered to walk him to his home on the edge of the village. No matter how much the boy protested, the traveler would have no answer except to accompany him. As they walked down the lane and around the corner to the home and workshop, the man began asking more questions of the boy. Do you have any brothers or sisters? How old is your mother? Is there any other family members that live close at hand? Small talk began to become deeper and deeper inquiry until they reached the boy's home. 
When they came to the door, the mother was sitting by the fire with a cauldron over dying embers, stirring some cabbages and roots into their evening meal. The man came into the house with the boy, explained that he was passing through with several cohorts who her son had aided by directing them to the tavern for food and lodging. He explained that they were fortune seekers and looked for treasure and precious items, but that they were not marauders. They only kept some of what they found for themselves, but always shared their findings with others who were in need of their assistance. Opening his cloak, the man pulled out two bags of gold coins, each weighing about a pound, and threw them on the table near the fire. They rattled and spilled and shook the plates and the cups on the table. Coins rolled off, and the boy and the mother both cried out with glee. There was more money in those two pouches than they could have ever have hoped to have earned in a lifetime. But the man also said that contained in this gift of money was two things. First, it was to help the boy not worry about his mother, for she could live on that money for many years to come. But in order to keep it, the boy himself was to go on his own journey by himself and seek out his own fortune. He, too, was to encounter monsters and dragons, princesses and kings, wizards and destitute old widows. He was to see forests and lakes and mountains that summits were hidden in the clouds and things yet greater than these. But, like his band of followers, he was to live into a cove and was to take only what he needed for himself, and to give the rest of the treasure to those who needed it most. He laid a map on the table which gave directions to a land several weeks' journey away, and told him that if he was to go, this was a map to get him started on his adventure. The man's face became grave and said that, yes, it was dangerous, but the rewards were worth the journey. He would return in the morning at first light. If the boy was ready to depart with his pack on his back, the money in the bags would remain with his mother. If not, when he returned, he would take the money, reclaim the map, and offer it to someone else. After the traveler departed, the mother and his boy debated and discussed what to do. Was the boy too young? Could the mother really survive on that gold? What about the dangers that lay ahead? Could he manage them? Would they ever see each other again? They stayed up all night, weighing the options checking the gold in the pouches to make certain it was not fool's gold, until, as they could see the first rays of the dawn, they nodded their heads to each other 
and understood that the lad must go. It was the only right answer. Grabbing his father's old pack, which was too big for him, he loaded all his earthly possessions, clothes, tin plates, a cup, and one pair to eat on the way. His mother insisted that he take some of the gold so that he could buy bread for the journey. As they were finishing, he grabbed the map and started out the door, only to find the traveler and his entire band outside the house. Seeing the decision that was made, the man dismounted his horse and knelt down in front of the boy, giving him a compass and telling him that he must not follow them, but instead he must travel alone for a while. Perhaps one day, on some road or in some town, they would meet again, because travelers usually do. And with that, the band of men turned away from the house and began to sing songs they had learned while they had journeyed. The boy watched them for a few moments, hugged his mother, and taking the compass and map in hand, he started on his journey. Stories and volumes could fill libraries about this boy's wanderings. He encountered witches and trolls, but also merry kings and happy queens. He was kind to everyone whom he met, and eventually treasure upon treasure he found. True to his word, he only took what he needed or could carry, but would remember where the hordes were. When he came to small towns that were poor, perhaps even worse off than his hamlet, he would retrace the map, showing one or two villagers where treasure lay. It might be in a cave. It might be in a stream. Sometimes it was hidden under giant oak tree roots, or sometimes in a small rabbit hole. As time went on and the years passed, the boy grew into a young man, and soon he too met up with fellow travelers. Sometimes they all got along and journeyed together, each keeping the same rules of sharing the treasure. Other times, a few drifted off because of greed, or the illusion of power. The band became wealthier than they could ever imagine, but they always shared what they had with those who had not. One day, coming into a town far from home, the young man and his group decided to eat their evening meal in a tavern. Looking around the room that served as a dining area, he glanced, at, he glanced at the men assembled around the tables. In the corner was an old man who looked rather worn. But there was something about his eyes. And instantly the young man knew it was the leader of the band who had set him on his journey. He went over, and the old man remembered him from years and ages past. They talked, they laughed. They recounted tales. 
they discovered that several times they'd been near the same town or had even stayed in the same houses, missing each other either by days or a few weeks. When asked where his group of men were, the old man said that after so many years of traveling, it was time to settle down. So he returned home to become a teacher, someone to show others a better way of living, and that through that teaching, how he hoped to help more people than he ever did before. He invited the young man and his companions to stay for a few days and to recount their tales to others around town to show them all that, yes, what the man said was indeed true. The young man discussed it with his followers, and they agreed that they would stay for a week, but would also help out the widows and orphans around that region. The time came for their departure, and the old man walked with a group of travelers to the gate of the town. He and the boy he had known walked side by side in deep discussion. When it was finished, the old man embraced the young man and whispered into his ear, Remember. Sometime later, the young man and his travelers came to a hamlet, and just outside sat a boy who was idle on a fine summer's day. They asked him to show them to a tavern and pub and invited to have dinner, invited him to have dinner with them. They asked about his mother and his family, and learning that the boy was an orphan, they cast a knowing glance at each other. The young man, now middle-aged, took the boy aside gave him a map and some gold, told him to see him in the morning, and to decide about taking up a journey of his own. When the boy arrived the next morning, he was greeted by the travelers, and given a compass, and told to set out, following the map. They told him lessons and sayings, where to stay, who to look out for. They each reminded him of the stories he had heard about the wondrous things he would encounter. And when they turned to depart, they left the city singing songs they had learned on their journey. Going several miles until they had made it to a crossroads, each one turned and faced the others and said, I think, I think I shall go home now and teach others what we have learned. The boy, who had become a young man, who was now an older man, he too decided to return to his hamlet. He found his mother, who was in extreme old age, and he told her, and everyone who had listened, the story of his journey, and the lessons he had learnt, and the great and wondrous things he had seen.
today's gospel lesson involves Philip, Nathaniel, and our blessed Lord. Philip found Nathaniel and told him of whom he had found and led him to start a journey of his own. Nathaniel took up the mantle that Philip had placed before him, and he too decided to begin a journey. Our Lord Jesus promised to Nathaniel the great treasure of seeing wondrous things of the heavens opening and angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Philip and Nathaniel began their journey because someone told them a story. Someone gave them glimpses of treasure and glory. Then they went on to tell others. And that line of succession has continued relatively unbroken through the ages. And we who were gathered here, we too have been told. The question lies with us. Do we take up our packs and journey on a quest? Helping others along the way? Sharing what we have learned and teaching others? Do we encounter goblins and trolls, kings and queens, widows and orphans? Or do we allow some travelers in our lives to beguile us with some stories and tingle our ears, but never set foot on our own journey? Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. May we too go and tell others that we have found a wondrous treasure in Jesus Christ our Lord and the great things we have seen.